Welcome, freescripturebooks.org, the knowledge of God. My name is Jeff, and we're studying judgment. Freescripturebooks.org is about the about the study of words, the study of subjects, a real clean way of systematically studying certain things so that you can know what God is saying about any particular word or subject. And right now we're studying about judgment and particularly the wrath of God. The wrath of God, a lot of people think God is pouring out his wrath now. Some people don't think God has any wrath anymore, or many people just don't even know what the wrath of God even means. So let's hop right back into the second part of the wrath of God. Uh, this is Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to read one little phrase, then I'm going to read the whole part. It says, by the nature cheat. Uh, by nature, children of wrath. Children of wrath. Not a good phrase. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, which you were formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too are all formerly lived in the lust of the flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, were by nature children of wrath. So by nature, children of wrath. Even as the rest, by God being rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up us up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The children of wrath. <laughs> you know, before we're born again, that's what we're called, the children of wrath. We're either children of God or the children of the devil. You know, um, uh, Jesus uh, told the Pharisees, your father is the devil, my father is in heaven. And John, uh, which is uh, called the Apostle Love in one of his smaller books, talked about the children of the devil. You should know the children of God versus the children of, of the devil. So we're all called children. But before we are children of God, we're the children of wrath. And it doesn't have to do with age because I don't believe children, you know, go, go to hell. They're, they're, I believe there is an age of accountability because sin is, uh, in God's eyes, is subjective, mean, meaning that God shares with each you know, person what they need to repent of. He shares with them their need for a savior. He shares light on them. So we're, so we are responsible for what we know, what is right and responsible for what we know is wrong. And we are judged based on that. So that, that's what I mean by subjective sin. Um, we have objective sin, which is the 10 commandments. And you can tell somebody, look, you're, you, you know, you're sinning and that, that would be true. But unless God sure shines a light on them, they're not held accountable or they're, you know, in that way. So I don't, so children have to come to an age of where they can, be accountable and really know what they're doing but he, but he, so he's calling us the children of wrath or the children of god so we're born into the wrath of god we're born into the nature you know of by nature children of wrath because when adam sinned and was thrown out of the garden uh, for his good and for the uh, good of mankind not because god got so angry and upset but he wanted to keep adam from eating from the tree of life which which would then when you know would have uh, would have made his 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 death permanent and know it without any uh, recoil and so born into the wrath of God and, and we become the walking dead uh, the walking dead before you're born again you're called, you're actually the part of the walking dead it says formerly walk according it says you are dead in your trespasses and sins the, the, the course of this world if you don't like the destination um, then go off course see we are set when we're born, we already have a destination. We're a destination of the, of the children of wrath. We have the nature of the children of wrath. We're, we know we're destined to go to hell. Um, it's, it's, it's the default option. We have to choose to get off that path. We have to choose a different destination. And that destination, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no way to the Father but through me. Why is the destruction of the path, you know, to, to destruction, to hell, but narrow is the path to God. Many people look for the gate. The gate is narrow, but many... but 
Most people will not find it, even though they're looking for it. And even if they do find it, many people don't want to go through it because it's just it's just too narrow for them. They don't want, you know, uh, to go the way of Jesus. So the course of this world is, and so if you want to get off that destination of wrath, then get on into definition definition uh, destination, which is Jesus, the Prince of the Power of the Air, sets sail in the direction of wind. That scripture talks about uh, Satan be the prince of the power of air. And so the wind starts blowing. And that's the thing why you don't want to walk the fence between God and this world. Because you never know which way the wind's going to blow. And oh, and if you ever talk, uh, study about sailing and setting sail in the, with the direction of the wind, you can't set sail directly against the wind. Because the wind's always going to win. So you can use the wind for your advantage. Just like uh, when you receive Jesus Christ, we can't go directly against you know, uh, Satan um, because he'll just blow us off. But God knows how uh, to, for us to submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. When, you know, and resisting, just like those sailboats have to resist the wind to, get to, to stay on course, we also stay on course by submitting to God. We're determined to stay on course. So we set our sail in a way that, that, that a Satan is coming against us. We're still staying on course. We're still staying on course. And eventually he just, just like the wind stops and goes away and comes back on a, on a, on a better day. Uh, just like he did Jesus, he came on a you know a different day. He left for a while and came on a different day. So it calls about the sons of disobedience, but he's talking about us who are Christians received life. He says, "Remember, you that's something you formerly lived, but we are to be transformed. We're not to be conformed." There's a lot of people going to church and they're conformed. They're conformed to religion. They're conformed to what the world thinks God should be, rather than being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, in which God really is talks about being rich in mercy for a christian we're going to be rich in mercy god is very rich in mercy you know and mercy uh, is new every morning you know i, I came to I came to god because i was looking for judgment i want to know why there wasn't judgment i wasn't wondering why there was so much pain and suffering in this world and i didn't find the answer to that but what i did find was mercy because there is no really fullness of judgment in this world the best we have have is an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth but so you have one victim and one person who gets what he deserves and the victim is still a victim so so judgment on this world is just not all that so the best that we have is is mercy and uh, judgment will come every man is given once to live then face judgment so justice will be served one day not to say that we shouldn't have uh, we do we have the best justice we have that God has given us an eye for an eye tooth for tooth we do have this, a, a, a certain type of justice but man that justice just isn't fulfilling an empty heart an empty soul a soul that has been uh, hurt so we better just be rich in mercy rather than rich in judgment he made us alive in christ so we're no longer the walking dead and we're seated in heavenly places which means we can be seated in a place if you're seated in heaven places it means we can see things to come even jesus told the disciples that he'll send the holy spirit who will tell us things to come you know we may not know exactly and we not we're not prophets and saying you know i know exactly what's going to come tomorrow but we definitely keep being prepared we can definitely feel some, some a change in the weather a change in the wind a change that we can and god can order our steps and direct our paths that we are ready because we're seated in heavenly places so we're ready for the things to come so let's go on to the next point which is ephesians uh, chapter 5 verses 1 through 8 and read a read a part of that and then i'm going to go back to the beginning it says because of these things the wrath of god comes upon the sons of disobedience therefore be into imitators of god imitators of god so anybody saying were well, you just trying to be like jesus <laughs> yeah yes i am 
as beloved children, walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God is a fragrant aroma. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as improper and among saints, but there is no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting which are not fitting, but rather given of thanks. For this you know with certainty that no immoral, impure, or immoral, or impure person, or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you formerly darkness, but now you are you are a light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So this script, so this whole passage of scripture completely is at odds with this idea and doctrine that we're all sinners, you know, and so don't, so don't, you know, correct me on my sin and I don't correct you on my sin. All things go. We're all sinners saved by faith. And so everything goes. You just don't, you just don't know who's going to make to heaven. Right there is telling us what Christians should be looking like. You know, we should be, you know, looking as proper among the saints. There should be some, some proper, proper way that saints are, proper way that Christians behave, proper way that Christians talk, a proper way that Christians, you know, uh, how they do things and how they respond on, and, and, and so forth. So it says deception with empty words. What, what is deception? What kind of deception is talking about with empty words? Words about corresponding actions. So it says don't, for us not to be deceived with empty words. Words without corresponding actions. If you say you're going to do something, you need to do it. And I'm not just talking about carnal things, but I'm talking about if you say that Jesus is your Lord, then why you're not obeying what he says. Even Jesus said that. Jesus said, if you call me Lord, why don't you obey what I tell you to do? And what is what, what is the Lord telling us to do? Only you only you know, because God, if Jesus is your Lord, you're going to him. He's going to tell you what to do. And we certainly have the Ten Commandments, but but God shows shares his light with us. But if you're not even obeying the Ten Commandments, then the Ten Commandments are supposed to show us to Jesus Christ, to show us our need for a Savior. So if you're comfortable on lying, if you're comfortable cheating, you're comfortable coveting, then you're not even to the point of having the fear of the Lord to even be shown Jesus. Because Jesus said that nobody comes to me unless it's sent by the Father. And why would the Father not send somebody to who needs a Savior? Because the person is not leaving looking for God. If you don't even believe in the laws of Moses and the laws of uh, uh, prophets, if you don't even believe that the way to sin is death, you don't believe in, in morality, you don't believe in absolutes, then there's no way you're looking for a Savior. If you're not looking for a Savior, then God is not going to even waste his time you know, showing you Jesus because Jesus is a, per, uh, 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 a pearl. He is a precious pearl. And the scripture says it's not to throw our pearls before swine. Not that, you know, throw, uh, throw our uh, that stuff before dogs. And, and we've all been there. We've all been the swine. We've all been dogs in one level or another. But Je the first time that Jesus gave, you know, the Father gave his, his son to the world, they crucified him. You know, they, they killed him. They mocked him. They did all kinds of things. So we got to have words. With, uh, don't have, you know? So deception is words without corresponding action. So if you're around people that are saying one thing, but their actions don't meet up, then you need to separate them. Light cannot fellowship of darkness. You need to be the light. If you're going to be able to figure out of people, you need to be the light. But if your light is dim and, and their darkness is getting darker, then you need to separate. We've got to be the influence. We've got to be. So if you're not the influencer, but the influencee, then you need to separate and be more of Jesus to be a brighter light. Don't walk in the world with a 10 watt a bulb. We need to be a 100 watt bulb. We need to have a, a whole lot lighter than that. So it says they have no follow through. 
They say they're going to do something, but they don't follow through. They are fruitless repentance. We can talk about the fruit of repentance. The fruit of repentance is I acknowledge this is wrong, and so I quit doing that. Now I'm doing what is right. That is fruit. So that is fruit. So if somebody repents, say so they repent, but they're doing it again and again and again and again and again. There's no fruit to it. They started repentance because I've told you in several episodes that repentance is a three strong core. Repentance first starts out with changing your mind, but it doesn't end with changing your mind. It starts with changing your mind, changing your direction, then finally, you know, changing your heart, which means you hate the sin, and but you love you love God, and that can take a while. But, but but repentance begins with changing your mind, and God considers that repentance when you change your mind. But if you're going day after day and year after year and you change your mind, but you never change your direction, repentance, you have no fruit of repentance, and repentance is not made complete. And if repentance is not made complete, then it's not true repentance. You began repentance, but it needs to be made complete by follow-through. Deception of empty words means you're unchanged. So there's a whole lot of thing in there talking about people will not inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. So let's go on down to Romans chapter 4 verses 14 through 16. Once again, I'm going to pull out a phrase and I'm going to read the whole passage. For the law brings about wrath. For the law brings about wrath. For those, for if those who are who are the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is nullified. For the law brings about wrath. But where there is no law, there is no violation. For this reason it is by faith. In order that it may be in accordance of grace, so the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, always a fa- who is the father of us all. So the righteousness by laws brings the wrath of God. Or the wrath, there is no wrath of God without the law. And so a lot of people would say there is no wrath of God nowadays because the law has been done away with, Jesus done away with. Well, the, the law of the, the the law of Moses has been done away with those of those who are in Christ Jesus, but it hasn't been done away with the world. It hasn't been done away with the people. And people say, well, the law of God didn't even begin until Moses, you know, and and you know, and 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 the law of God ended with with Jesus. Well, if you notice that. There's more passage we won't read about this, but it talks about those who those who die die without the law, and there's other ones who die who die with the law. But they, those who die without the law don't even understand it's the wrath of God. But it says, but but the law brings about wrath, and so those who are in Christ Jesus, we don't have to worry about wrath. We don't have to worry about locks. We're not looking at a set of laws to keep, but we're looking at a person. And if we're breaking the law, then Jesus is going to share with us that we need to repent of those things. But if Jesus was to give us every single law that we're breaking, every single thing that we're doing wrong, it would kill us. It wouldn't give us life, because the law. Because we look at. I mean, you go read the book of Leviticus. Go read the book of De- Deuteronomy and see if you don't you don't get depressed of all the things you're doing wrong. You know, if you have a heart towards God, but the law brings wrath, and trying to live by the law also brings wrath. Because if you're trying to keep all the rules, then it means you're rejecting Jesus, and there's going to be wrath involved in that because your trust and your faith is not in Jesus, um, but rather in. It says, for those who are heirs of the law, faith is made void. So your faith is made a void. So you say, well, I do have faith. I'm just trying to keep the laws. Or I'm just a Sabbath keeper. I'm trying to do all these things. There's nothing wrong with being a Sabbath keeper. But what about all the other laws that you're not keeping? And I guarantee you're not keeping the Sabbath either. Because I can go into some of the laws of the Sabbath that most people are not keeping. But I won't. And, you know, but the law because it's subjects about you know wrath of God. So we got to do it by faith and accordance to grace. You know, We're saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. Um, eternal life is eternal life is a guarantee for those who are in Christ, but not for the lawless. If you say you have eternal life, you say you're, you know, that Jesus is your is your Savior and Lord, you know, but you continue, you know, to continue to live the way you want to, then 
You know, you need to reevaluate who is your Lord. You need to reevaluate where your faith is, if you have any faith. Even Paul says, check and make sure that you're in the faith, because not all people are living in the faith. But to those who are seeking eternal life and, and found Jesus Christ, we know that we have eternal life. We have no doubt. And because we have that eternal life, we're given life, and we move forward. It's not that we don't sin, but we don't seek out to sin. And when we do sin, it hurts our hearts. It hurts our spirit, and we repent quickly, and we go after the Lord because He is our Savior, and He is our Lord, and He's the one that judges us. Uh, eternal life is guaranteed but not for the lawless because if you're going to be lawless you're going to live lawless you're going to live without law and uh, God's the one that brought the law and so yeah of, of the law so are you of the law or under the law it says remember so the promise would be guaranteed to all what is sins not only to those who are of the law but also those who are the faith of Abraham so it's putting those to go so we as Christians no we're not we're not un, we're not under the law but we are of the law because it says if we walk in love, then we keep the whole law. And, 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 and if we do break the law of love, which means hurts our neighbor, not, and not you know, looking kindly on our neighbor, even not even forgiving our enemy, we, can, we break the law of love because even God loved his enemies when we're told to love our enemies. But we're all the law, which means we're not going out trying to break the law. You can say, I'm saved. I've got eternal life so I can do whatever I want to. Jesus paid for all of it, so I'm just going to use some of the blood here and so I can break that law and break that law. No, I'm not under the law, but I am of the law because I'm not a lawbreaker. If I'm of the law, which means I support the law, just like Paul says he supports the law, he's just not under the law. And so if, so if we're going to be a lawbreaker, we're, we're under the law. But if we're of the law, which means we're not lawless. We know that there is laws, there has to be laws, there has to be boundaries, there has to be borders, there has to be some, you know, a sense of, of law. We're saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. Let's go into uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 14 to 16. It talks about the, at the end, it says, The wrath has come upon them to us most. Um, for you, brethren, became imitators of, of churches of, of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you also endured the same sufferings of the hands of your own countrymen, even as they did from the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their prophets and drove us out. They are not pleasing to God, but hostile to all men, hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles, so they, are must, so they may be saved. With the result that they always fill up the measure of their sin, but the wrath had come upon those almost. So the wrath of God is coming upon those who hinder the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anybody who's trying to stop the gospel, anyone who's trying to stop and shut down churches, anyone who's telling the Christians that they, that we don't have the right to, you know, uh, to, uh, um, to to speak the gospel of Jesus Christ, then the wrath of God is going to abide on those people. Abide on those people that are hindering the gospel. Hebrews chapter three verses seven. I'm just going to, um, it says, therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says today, if you are hear his voice and do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by testing me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with this generation and said, they will always go astray in their heart and they do not know my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So God swore in his wrath. So when God swears, that's a pretty big deal. He swore, swore in his wrath that they will not enter in his rest. And that's the whole thing is enter the rest of God where we enjoy whatever we do, whatever we call to do for the Lord, both in this lifetime and, the, and eternity. But this is no rest for the wicked. Uh, you may have heard that phrase before, especially in rock music. Um, there's a place in Psalms where it talks about no rest for the wicked, but it also could be here. Since you cannot enter rest, there is no rest for the wicked. So that's 
part one of the wrath of god and we're going to go into more of the wrath of god on the next episode freescripturebooks.org uh, the knowledge of god be blessed